Hello and welcome back to the verse of the day. Thanks for listening today. I've got another passage for you from the book of Job that we've been going through this week. And if you've ever read the book of Job, you might have found it to be a little bit confusing. I know I certainly have at times wondered what in the world are they talking about here? You know, This year, as we were reading through Job in our Bible reading plan, a couple of uh, guys were hanging out. We were talking about how it's easy to get lost in all the dialogue and all the conversations that's happening between Job and between his friends and uh, the arguments that are happening it's, it's easy to kind of lose the train of thought and, and what is happening and how does this apply to my life? What am I supposed to do with this? And Bobby Sayer, who we just sent out to China to be a missionary, in fact, he just got on the plane. I'm recording this on Wednesday. He got on the plane today with his wife and two daughters to go to China. And uh, so you want to be praying for them. But Bobby Sayer commented, and I thought this was a great comment on the book of Job. He said, Job lived it, and we can't even read it. (laughs) I just thought that was a great comment. Job lived it, and we can't even read it. You know, sometimes we think that we've got it bad, but really, when you look at Job and everything that he experienced... It really pales in comparison. But the book of Job, what, what's the point? What's the point of all of it? What's the point of Job's suffering? Why is this book in the Bible? What is the message of this book? What is it that God is trying to communicate to us and reveal about himself through the inspiration of this book of the Bible? I believe that all scripture is inspired by God. I believe that that means it's God breathed, that the Holy Spirit authored the pages and the words of scripture for the purpose of revealing himself to us. And ultimately, the greatest revelation of God is the person of Jesus Christ. And so where in the book of Job do we see Jesus and why is this book in our Bible? So let me give you the basic outline of the story of the book, and then I want to tell you what the message is that I think it's trying to tell us. In the first couple chapters, we see that Job is the wealthiest man in the whole area that he lives in. God has blessed him. God has prospered him. He's a righteous man. He loves the Lord. He's turned away from evil, and he is a man of faith. Well, God and Satan end up having this conversation And God says to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? God is proud of his kids. God is proud of his kids. And so he points Job out to Satan and Satan makes an accusation. You know, the word Satan, the name Satan means the accuser. Well, Satan accuses God and Job and says that if you remove the hedge of protection from Job in his life, if you remove your hand of blessing from him, Job will not serve you, but he will curse you that Job's faith is not genuine, that Job is only serving God for the things he can get from God. And there are some people like that who are really only serving God for their own selfish reasons. And if those things don't line up, then they don't serve God anymore. I don't believe you're that type of person. I believe that you're a person of faith. Well, God says, you know what? I don't believe that. And I'm going to prove you wrong. 
And so God removes that hedge of protection from Job in his life, and he loses everything. He loses all that he had, all of his wealth, all of his possessions. He loses his family. He even loses his health. And Job begins to question. Job begins to wrestle through this, what he considers to be undue and unjust suffering in his life. He feels like he is being punished for something he did not do. And so Job begins to say things along those lines. Job begins to say, I wish I was never born that I have to experience this. Job begins to say, God, why? Why am I suffering? Why am I going through these things? Well, Job's three friends show up and they say, Job, the reason you are suffering is because there is sin in your life. You have sinned against God. You have hidden sin. Repent of your sin and God will forgive you and restore you. And Job maintains his innocence. I haven't sinned. There was no hidden sin in my life. This is unjust suffering. This is unwarranted You see, Job and his friends had a very simplistic view of God and God's justice. And that was something like this. Good things happen to good people. Bad things happen to bad people. If you're a righteous person, you should be blessed all the time. And if you're a bad person, calamity and evil will continually follow you and befall you. And it was a very limited view of who God is and a very limited view on how God runs the universe. In fact, it seems a lot more like Eastern karma than what we see in the scripture of who God is in the way that he operates. And so Job and his friends end up having these back and forth conversations for 30 something chapters. And it goes on and on. And these arguments go on and on and they accuse him and he maintains his innocence and it goes on and on and on. Then finally, uh, Job is going to accuse God of being unjust and demand that God show up and answer him and give an explanation for why he has suffered the way he has. Finally, in chapter 38, God actually comes and speaks to Job. But he doesn't give Job the answer we would expect or the answer that we really want. God never reveals to Job the reason he has suffered. He never gives him the answer. We behind the scenes have seen the story unfold. We see what's happening behind the scenes, but Job never sees it and God never gives him the answer. In fact, what he says to Job is basically, who are you? to question me. He asks Job, were you there when I created the universe? Do you understand the way that I uphold everything by my own power? And Job, in response to this, says, woe is me. He repents of uttering the things that he had said, and he apologizes for speaking so foolishly. And what we see in the book of Job, and this is the big idea and the main point, is that all of us in our own lives, our perspective is limited. We do not have all the information. We do not have the full picture. Yet, 
in the midst of suffering, God invites us to trust him and trust his wisdom. The book of Job is an invitation into a faith-filled walk with the Lord. It's an invitation to trust God. You see, we don't see the beginning from the end the way God does. We don't see his eternal purpose at play in the universe and in everyone's lives. We don't see it. Our perspective is so limited. God sees it all. And the message of the book of Job is trust God. Trust his plan. He is good. He loves you. He cares for you. And he is working all things for your good. We see these themes play out later in scripture, like what I just quoted, Romans 8, 28. We also see the book of James chapter one that says to count it all joy when you fall into various trials because God uses the bad things in life to strengthen us, to perfect us, to produce within us good fruit. And man, I just looked at the time and this thing is super long. And so what I'm going to do is we'll talk about this a little bit more next week. But the big idea is trust God. He's got it under control. There are reasons that are unseen that he sees for everything that we experience in this life. And we need to trust him. Thanks for listening today. I'm sorry that this was so long. I get a little bit excited sometimes, but I pray that God's word has an impact in your life and that your walk with the Lord is growing and that you're moving into a deeper faith with him. And I know and I believe and I trust that if you're walking with Jesus, your best days truly, truly are ahead of you.